Welcome to Big Boy Movies, a podcast about movies and the big boys who watch them. I'm one of your big boys, Matt Beebe. And I'm another one of your big boys, John George. John, the world changed right <laughs> right before this podcast start. We yeah. had such a great discussion about the Oppenheimer uh, billboard. And it's gone. Forever. It's gone into the ethos I mean, forever. I guess it was never, it was only in our memories it yeah. was never on recording because BB's microphone was off. Uh, the, literally, the switch was was just off. Um, but uh, let's do a, a quick rundown of that conversation, which we're too tired to have again. Yeah, no. There was a billboard in Los Angeles <laughs> advertising the film Oppenheimer, and it had a big countdown clock on it, and then they turned it off, and then they just took the clock off of the billboard, and now it's just a regular Oppenheimer billboard. Yes. And we believe it was because of the September heat wave in Los Angeles and the city told them that it was taking up too much power. Gavin Newsom told them to, to shut it down. That's our guess. And I, I think it was an awesome marketing. Yeah. That's, and it sucks that it's gone. Like that, everyone is seeing that every day on their commute. No longer going to happen. I know. It's just a normal billboard for the next 10 months. The, or the anticipation is gone. I was excited so, for Oppenheimer. Now I'm not. Now I have no idea when the movie's coming yeah, out. <laughs> no idea at all. When I'm driving my car, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to be reminded it was so of the convenient, you know? exact I didn't have, second that Oppenheimer was going to come I, out. I didn't, now I have to look it up on my phone. It was so convenient. I could just look up and be like, oh, that's when it's coming That's out. the thing is I drive yeah. by the billboard and I'm immediately like, oh, come on. And I pull out my phone and Google, <laughs> when is Oppenheimer coming? And Oppenheimer is a long word. Yeah, I really got to look at my phone. I don't know how to spell it fully. for a long, yeah, I get it wrong a few times. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> and while I'm driving, like I've killed three people at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. I so. mean, just like Oppenheimer yeah, th- has killed at least three people. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, L.A. County should have really taken this to account. Now well, maybe people, that's why they did it. Oh, yeah. Maybe well, no, it was wait, a distraction. No. The, the, I guess being on your phone is more of a distraction than just seeing the countdown yeah, clock. Yeah, so they should have considered like, oh, now that there's not a countdown clock, people are going to be even more distracted than before. Yeah. Because they have to look up when <laughs> the movie's coming out. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that movie I'm excited for. We also talked about how it's coming out the same day as Barbie. That is what they're both infamous for at this yes, point. Because that is going to be a great double feature. We will confirm the Barbenheimer double feature is happening. And yeah, it's going to be the, the best day of our lives. I'm mm-hmm. taking work off for it. And yeah. Yeah. Expectations are extremely high. They're through the roof. Greta Gerwig and Christopher Nolan have been planning this for decades. Yeah. To finally sort of unleash their it's, masterpieces upon us. I'm excited for all the like conspiracy theorists to come out of the woodworks too and like call it like the apocalypse. Say like it's mm-hmm. the day of reckoning. Sort yeah. of the last yeah. day on earth. If we don't go see both the movies, we might <laughs> evaporate. Yeah, um, something we'll, like that. We'll be burned as shadows into the wall, just like yeah. if a nuke had gone off. Now, here's the big <laughs> question. Barbie and then Oppenheimer or That's Oppenheimer the and then Barbie. That is the question for sure. I think the crowds for both these movies going to be fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Going to be fantastic. I think you don't want to see Barbie in the afternoon because that's when the kids will be there. That's when the little, little, little kids will be there. But if you go at night here in L.A., it's going to be all young adults. Oh, it's going to be rowdy. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be all young adult people. Um, so... Yeah, definitely. I think you want to see Barbie at night. Mm-hmm. So maybe you do that later. Maybe you do that after Oppenheimer. I feel like it's a good palate cleanser. Yeah, it's a good palate cleanser. Maybe after Oppenheimer, um, you can think about Oppenheimer during Barbie. You know, because <laughs> sort of process that. It's a Nolan movie. You know, you're gonna have to think about it a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, go over what was happening, and Barbie's gonna help you take help take you through that process. You know. Yeah. Now, 
I guess no Christopher Nolan's whole big thing in his movies is he loves messing around with time. That's like his favorite thing to do. Yeah. So maybe there'll be like some sort of time trap. Maybe the countdown clock does factor into the movie. Maybe. As far as like maybe this, this is, is about like a ghost that visits Oppenheimer and yeah. hands him a countdown clock and is like, listen, I'm not gonna tell you what happens at the end of this thing. This is just gotta it's a real life event though. And the only other time he made one off real life event, it wasn't he didn't he kind of messed with time by just like skipping around. To yeah, it was non linear. Yeah. Um, so maybe he does something like that, but he's not going to do something insane. He's not going to do like a tenant, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe he will. Maybe he does a tenant. Maybe the whole movie's backwards this time. Or it's like Hopefully. Memento. Yeah, or it could be Memento. Yeah. Flip it. Maybe it's like Memento. So what the- if he mixes them all? What if it's Memento, but it's also in a dream inside a dream? And, and the- it's also Batman. And, and there's also two very angry magicians. Yes. Oh my God. This could be his masterpiece. <laughs> so, so it's going to happen. This is a horrible joke. Um, we'll see if we have to cut this. <laughs> oh, this relates to the joke. Okay. Okay. I'm putting it together now. This is all coming okay. together in my head. So let's say, I guess Hugh Jackman mm-hmm. um, dressed as the Joker. <laughs> okay. You're following me so far. Yeah, so far Hugh so Jackman <laughs> dressed as the Joker goes up to the u.s military and says do you want to see a magic trick i can make this japanese city disappear oh my god God. (laughs) all right this is the perfect opener for this movie if it's not if this isn't the opener i'm gonna be upset this is nothing compared to the the last conversation we had yeah the last conversation took a much better direction than this one (laughs) this one is crazy it's fantastic. I want to see a chapter. This is what we get for deleting footage. Yeah, we're left. We're left with nothing but bad ideas. Yeah. Um, but that's going to change because I do have a, a segment for later. Oh, we um, a segment. A, a new segment a for later where we're seg- only going to have good ideas. Okay, I like that. I like. Yeah. Okay, that's high expectations though. Um, but we've been away for a little while. Yeah. Um, and. It's funny, I looked at my letterbox and I was like, oh, I've definitely seen a ton of movies since the last one. And as it turns out, I haven't. Yeah, um, same here. Wait, what was the... What did we talk about this one? Holy shit. I, well, here's one? here's the thing. That was is, the 3,000 Years of the Longing. Right? Yes. The last one I went... Right, I said this was the one we were going to fight because I went nuts about Barbarian. Oh, so yeah. Okay. Then I have seen a lot of movies. Yeah. Holy shit. You have. I've, I've had some other stuff. Um, we also said we would review the Pacific Northwest, so we'll include that as well. Oh, yeah. We have to review the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay, let's start with that real quick. Okay. Pacific Northwest, because you went to Portland, I went to Seattle. Yes. That's the context. All right. As far as Seattle goes, I, I like the Pacific Northwest. I thought it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I really liked the trees there. It was nice to be on the West Coast and have like a nice green, like foresty feel. I I felt the exact same way yeah. going to Portland. It was like in Force Awakens when Ray sees the the planet. Oh, I yeah. didn't know there was this much green in the whole galaxy. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the big thing about being in LA. Anytime you go anywhere where there's green, you're like, whoa, yeah, green. I and, haven't seen this color. With the Pacific Northwest, it's just everywhere. It's yeah. just a giant forest. It's beautiful. Oh yeah, and a lot of blue. I mean, Seattle's on the on the ocean, mm-hmm. so we went we went on a boat tour. That was nice. I really liked downtown Seattle in general. I thought the area near the Space Needle was really cool too. Yeah, there's like a big park, lots of museums. 
I didn't go in the, up in the Space Needle. Space Needle was painted a really ugly color. Oh, really? Apparently, it's like a throat, like it's like some anniversary. So they did like what oh. it was originally painted and it's really ugly. <laughs> they were like, it was ugly before. So it yeah, must so be we, ugly yeah, now. Exactly. Um, yeah, me and Marion were both thrown off by that. We were like, that's not the color it usually is, right? And then yeah. it was confirmed by someone. Yeah, it's painted differently. Um, and yeah, overall, it was. Uh, I, I like the city a lot. I want to explore it more. Mm. Pike Place was cool ridiculously long line for um the starbucks that's on pike place that makes sense um when it is literally the the only difference is the outside of it did you actually try to go into the no okay that's that's a good idea <laughs> yeah because the ridiculously long line the only difference is the sign out front like the inside's the same exact as any starbucks they serve the same exact as any starbucks yeah it's it's not even the very first starbucks it's just one of the oldest starbucks yeah. left so yeah that's kind of a tourist trap but besides that food was all right i'm used to like we had a lobster roll Ooh, it wasn't good oh, but it's shit. only because well, i'm yeah. treated to boston lobster i was gonna rolls, say which yeah, is by far the best you go from rolls. you go from literally and i mean clam other chowder. than head lobster roll and clam chowder yeah both way better in boston than Sydney. yeah i think other than maine like you're not gonna get yeah. better like lobster and clam chowder than definitely boston. not so you set yourself up for failure there yeah i did um yeah, yeah i'll say i didn't spend a ton of time in downtown portland um we walked around an area called the pearl district which mm. is apparently like the nice part of downtown because as some people know portland's gotten a yeah. little bit rough in the yeah. last few years but honestly like even the parts that were like s- supposed to be like not great. I was like, this isn't that much worse than LA. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed walking around. It's just like a very chill vibe in Portland. You don't really get the sense that it's like a huge city. Yeah. It's, it's just like a nice chill downtown area. They have these like food carts everywhere and they're all just got like this great food. Nice. Um, yeah. And they have this giant park called the Arboretum that uh me and my girlfriend went on like hikes and stuff in nice uh which was gorgeous so yeah i i was gonna be i'm gonna be honest i didn't really go in with any expectations for portland but i'm gonna give it a big thumbs up nice yeah yeah i i've been to portland once but it was a while ago okay but i remember liking it and i remember it being very green when i was young as well yeah, not as not as nuanced as opinion as our European review. No, European view is better. Europe's a whole nother planet. Yeah, we're giving it like an American type review here mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, Pacific Northwest, go visit. Go, go visit check it out. Go check. Go check them out. There, no one's really been there before besides us, so I think they could really use the the tourism. <laughs> yeah, definitely could. All right, let's review movies, I guess, which is what we also do on this podcast. Lame. Okay, we f- first should talk about Barbarian. We should. Because we have a bone to pick with each other, even we though we both like this movie. <laughs> I want to fight about <laughs> Barbarian. Um, yeah, if you want to, you have passion for Barbarian, so I'm not, I feel like I shouldn't talk about it. Okay, first. yeah, I mean, I I said it on the last episode, yeah. but I just went Oh, yeah, in. I forgot you did talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I didn't talk I'll, about it. I'll give a quick recap, yeah, yeah. which is I went in like having only seen the trailer and being like, this looks like a generic horror movie. Yeah. And then the whole movie happened and I was like, Oh my God. That wasn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was like, this is so much more and so much better than I thought it would be. Yeah. And it took all these crazy twists and turns. Um, but it was also like really simple, which I, I appreciated. Um, and yeah, I just came out as a lot of people apparently did and was like, wow, that was 
extremely impressive for yeah. the guy who made the greatest <laughs> sketch on the whitest kids you know yeah um yeah i think that's my perspective is interesting because it's different from you you saw it like immediately i saw it after i heard all this yeah so like i'm going in with higher expectations than everyone else at this point mm-hmm. which i think is why i liked it less than more people most people did yeah i think especially letterbox screwed me over on like the top reviews on letterbox just talk about how like it's the most insane movie they've ever seen, mm-hmm. which I don't, I think it's unfair to it. Like, I don't think it was trying to be insane. It just gave a different expectation for what it w- actually was. Yeah. Like I thought it was just going to be like just some insane shit basically. Cause it's a horror movie. So mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this movie's going to like be crazy in there. It's cr- like crazy. And there are like moments I definitely didn't expect, but mm-hmm. it was just different than I expected. I still like this movie a lot. The second act is like damn near perfect. I love the second act so oh, yeah. much. Uh, but just the long part is just so good. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into light spoilers. It just came out on HBO Max like yesterday. So yeah, I mean, so you can easily watch this movie. Um, but yeah, no, that the the moment where the movie hooked me was like yeah. they do the they build up to this first like really the first real scare of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then just hard cut to Justin <laughs> yep. Long on the PCH. And I was just like, wait, huh? what? Yeah, very jarring. Just complete, like... Very jarring. And from awesome. there, it just, like, had me. I was like, where could this possibly even yeah. be going? Yeah. Uh, and they, I think they delivered just on, like, you know, tying everything together. I agree. I really like the very end of this movie. I think the third act has, like, I have some bones to pick. Mm-hmm. But I really like how it at the final end part of it. Right. Um, which I guess we won't spoil, but it was great. Yeah. A really so, hard cut to credits in this one. Yeah. I really like that hard cut to credits. Great song choice as well. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it take place, takes place in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I figured that's why you, you rated it lower than I did. No, I don't just, care. I don't you, care. One yeah. of my friends, I mentioned on this podcast, one of my friends did give it one star off for Detroit slander. I don't think it's slander Detroit really that yeah. much. You think it was a fair depiction I, of Detroit? Yeah, <laughs> I think that was a realistic depiction. I, I mean, not every like street is like the one that's in this, but there is definitely like streets like that in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's, it's a real thing. Um, mm. But I think, it, but it also like included things that I'd like about Detroit, which is like, there's a big underground like artist scene, which was a part of this movie at some point in the first act. Yeah. Um, that I thought was super true to Detroit. I, th- I think it's like still, there are a bunch of like people who are flocking to Detroit still, despite it having a shitty reputation. Mm-hmm. So I like that they put that in there too. Yeah. I, 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 the Detroit hate was not. The only reason I gave it three and a half was I just had high expectations. I want to watch it again without my expectations so high. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like so on board, like, cause the only reason I saw it is because Zach Kreger directed it. Yeah. And I was just a big fan of whitest kids, you know? And I was like, well, this guy, like, who's like his whole thing is he just made like goofy comedy for years. Like yeah. I got to know. And that's the thing is the movie's also really funny. Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, yeah. Zach Kreger make more movies, please. He's gonna, this one, this one's got a lot of success. I, I can't believe it's already on HBO max. I thought it was doing pretty well in the box office, but I think it's like an HBO thing. HBO usually gets their movies. It's just like right after. It's weird. Cause it's a searchlight movie. So it's technically a Disney movie, right? Search. Yeah, it is. So I don't know yeah, how it Fox. ended up on HBO. Yeah, that's weird. But <laughs> I, the streaming services are so weird. To yeah, me. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, because like at this point, it's almost standard that a movie is like in theaters for maybe a month or two before yeah. unless it 
it's Top Gun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Top Gun's basically, fucking it still. I know. Shit. Basically, every other movie now does, like, it's short stint in theaters, and then it goes right to streaming, which, honestly, I'm kind of okay with at yeah, this I point. Yeah, I like it, too. Um, I will also... Directing was great in this movie, by the way, and the can't, like... I really like some of the camera angles um, he played with. Oh, yeah. For sure. You like that Doom first-person yeah. shot? Yeah. <laughs> it was really I, interesting. I thought, it was re- I thought they were very creative angles and, like, good shots of doors. Mm-hmm. That scared me. Doors are scary. Doors are scary. Yeah. That's, that's you know, when you have a good director, when you see a door and you're like, oh, shit. I'm scared of doors. Yeah, I don't like that anymore. Doors are scary. <laughs> yeah, Barbarian. Check it out. I want to. I want to rewatch it now that it's on HBO. Maybe yeah. with Miriam, she hasn't seen it. So. Oh yeah, no, that's that's a movie. Because when I saw it, I literally went to all my coworkers and I was like, "You all have to go and watch this yeah, movie right now." For sure. And they all went, and then they were all like, "Oh, if you haven't seen it, you have to." So yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I really love is that this movie got the word of mouth. I think it deserved. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone would have seen it if, just based on the they trailer. De- it depended on word of mouth with that trailer. Like yeah. the marketing was straight up like just trying to be like trying to completely avoid the best part of this movie basically which is great um and it was just completely dependent on word of mouth and it worked yeah it worked out thankfully yeah all right now we have to fight again oh boy oh is this about triangle of sadness no actually i guess we'll fight three times i was talking about black we have so many hey triangle three sides three stars oh yeah we gotta (laughs) we gotta fight about black phone unfortunately yeah barbarian i like and I like, I think Blackphone's good, mm-hmm. but I do have a lot more gripes with Blackphone yeah. than I do Barbarian. I think it was funny because your your review said it was cheesy. Yeah, and it I just very cheesy to me. I just imagine you watching that scene of like horrible, brutal, like child abuse. Oh god! I mean, <laughs> like the part this where is I was so like, cheesy. God, this is cheesy. The girl's yeah, like was, screaming and crying. I was like, God, clout so cheesy. Been done before. <laughs> I hate it. No, yeah, no, that was not the cheesy part. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not the cheesy. That's just part. where my brain went to immediately. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I saw Black Phone. BB reviewed it a while ago when it came out, which yeah, was in I, summer. I saw it like I think the second weekend after it came out. Yeah, um, and yeah, I thought there were really cool concepts. I thought the titular Black Phone was my favorite part of this movie. I oh, okay, cool. yeah. I thought that whole concept was cool. Ethan Hawke's character was cool. Um, uh, the other part of my review is the script is written like a Wikipedia article for the first half of the movie because I felt like it was just a full just exposition dump in a way that i was like kids don't talk like this oh okay sure like especially the sister she just kept laying out like a bunch of things that happened already i guess yeah she was like this person got abducted and this like it was just like a list of what okay here's what happened in this town and they like had the sister just listed out yeah didn't like that at all and it made like their acting seemed bad too because it was just poorly written script. I guess it's not their fault because they were good in the rest of the movie. I, I especially liked, the last act. Yeah, I liked the little girl. Like I understand that she's probably like acting a little too mature for her age. Yeah, she is a little bit like Leia and Obi Wan, but I think it, they handled it much better. Like yeah. I don't know. I whenever she was on screen, I really enjoyed it. I think she was a, her performance was fantastic. I agree. I agree. I think it was just when it, it was just. A, I would not blame her. Yeah, it was just at some point what she was what she had to say felt like a robot Mm -hmm. but uh definitely even the last the last act she's great in this movie i think i don't know i think her at the end my other complaint is her side of the story kind of fell flat or didn't matter 
in the end, which I was kind of upset about. Like, like it was she like weird... found the wrong place. Yeah. It, the the wrong place thing was kind of weird to me. Overall, I mean, it was just it Silence of the Lambs. They just yeah. did Silence of the Lambs again. Yeah. That part fell flat for me at the end. Um, what else? It's been a while since I saw this movie. Yeah. It's been remember. like too long for me to like really remember <laughs> yeah. specifics about this movie. Same. Um, but I still think it's good. I'd like, I gave it three stars, which is means good. Yeah. So overall, I enjoyed it. There were just some some gripes I had. Yeah, i I thought it was I thought it was better than average. Like, you know, I I'm pretty particular about horror movies, and I thought they they handled that one pretty well. Um, like everything that happened felt felt deserved. I felt like. Yeah. And the the only issue is at the very end, I was like kind of hoping they'd address the dad a little bit more. Yeah, true. Because that dude's like a huge piece of shit. That dad is a very complex character that was just like felt very surface level as to what they did in the movie, ended up doing in the movie. Yeah, just because the dad comes back and he's like groveling because like obviously both his children like went missing. Yeah. I just, I wanted one moment for at least the kid being like, hey, I just like killed a full grown man. So like step off of us or something. Yeah, exactly. Like standing up to them, standing up to him in some way because he was definitely a piece of shit. Yeah um what's my other oh yeah i remembered one is i think it would have been better the black phone moments would have been better if they didn't show the kids i think i felt that was maybe one yeah. of the cheesy parts to me maybe that was what i was referencing yeah you didn't find that i just wanted the voices the child corpses to be spooky enough no I, I don't know it just didn't land i thought it was spookier when with with just the voice when i saw the person i was like oh, okay I don't, I don't it's something about like just the unknown that's okay. a little scarier to me obviously yeah. Well, before we fight, uh, speaking of mediocre movies about dead children, um, I watched a Netflix series called The Midnight Club. Oh, which is the, it's the newest production from Mike Flanagan. Okay. Um, and it is the first Mike Flanagan Netflix thing where I'm like, no, that wasn't very good. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so the, the story behind this is that apparently he like was making the show or he made it and Netflix came back and they're like, the show needs more jump scares. And so he was like, okay. And you can really tell there's, there's a whole bunch of shit where like, like stuff will be happening. And then like a spooky witch lady, will just come out and go like, and you're like, they're not scary is the thing. I'm just like, Oh, there (laughs) she is again. Yeah. Um, Jump scares never, they might scare you in the moment, but you're just like, that was cheap. And you know what's funny is, um, what's it called? Sorry, is the audio running? Now I'm paranoid about the audio. Yeah, no, audio's running. Okay, cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, What's annoying about it is that the first episode, the whole show is about these kids who are dying. They all have terminal illnesses and they go to this like hospice mansion where they can basically just like live out the last of their lives in comfort. Um, and at midnight, every night they get together and tell each other scary stories. Oh. And the first story this girl tells is like full of jump scares to the point where it's ridiculous. Jeez. And they have a whole scene where all the kids are like, oh, this story is just a bunch of like stupid jump scares. Like you can't just like <laughs> arbitrarily put in jump scares. That's not scary. And yeah. meanwhile, like two scenes ago, there was just some random witch lady like popping out of the background. To scare <laughs> so they're you. making fun of. 
there it feels like that was in the script initially yeah and netflix that just like flew over their head <laughs> of course and like they were like does. yeah it, this show is very clearly geared more towards teenagers yeah and so i think netflix is like teens aren't gonna teens are gonna think this is boring yeah because like a lot of people complained about midnight mass which i think is brilliant um but a lot of people slower said, and not jump scary that's the thing is like mid midnight mass has like almost no jump scares yeah. i think but it still has moments that are like genuinely very scary yeah. uh, i won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it but there's like what mike flanagan does best is like creepy imagery and like tense moments yeah um and the like creepy imagery he uses in midnight mass is so good but a lot of people complained because a lot of midnight mass is people monologuing like there are very long-winded speeches and conversations about like religion and like life after death and all this stuff and you know i found all that stuff interesting but i can understand how a general audience or especially like a teenager Teenager. yeah would watch that like like, oh my god like i don't (laughs) care what you see when you die like yeah so that's the thing about Midnight Club. This is also the first Mike Flanagan Netflix thing that's apparently going to be more than one season. All the others were just miniseries. And oh, so interesting. I got to the last episode of this one and nothing was resolved. And I was like, wait a minute. It's always not a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't even like a compelling cliffhanger. Like, I don't, have you watched um, Severance? Uh, no. Okay. Well, Severance. I know that there, that also ends a little cliffhanger well the thing about severance is it's really really good Mm -hmm. and they must have been extremely confident they were getting a season two because it ends on the biggest cliffhanger yeah um but this one doesn't even commit that hard like the bad guy just sort of leaves at the end Mm. they kind of stop the bad guy and then they just leave oh and and oh i guess they left they got away really or, or whatever really good storytelling yeah and then you know, it's also hit and miss because it's kind of an anthology series with all the scary stories that the yeah, kids are yeah. telling. And with anthologies, it's always like hit or miss with those things. Yeah. And a lot of them I felt like were misses mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and then also I just think it's bold to have a series about dying children be the one that's multiple s- seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's like, what aren't they supposed to be di- dying? Uh, well, like, <laughs> The whole series are like all these kids have a few months, maybe a year left yeah. at most. And so it's just weird to be like, I feel like if we get to season three of the Midnight Club and we still have the yeah. core cast there, I'm going to be like, all right, guys, like, is the cancer that you, slow? You kind of ruin a big emotional beat here. Of yeah. They're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. So. You start just like losing interest. And I mean, you know there's there's elements of the story of them trying to figure out how not to die that's like part of it there's supernatural elements but yeah it was just like it just felt like such a massive step down from like haunting of hill house and midnight mass that sucks yeah so that was that was disappointing i'm really excited for his next show though because that's gonna be based off of a bunch of like edgar Allan poe like stories and poems oh nice and i think that's gonna be very firmly in his wheelhouse that that can be creepy yeah that's good i love i love crows and ravens yeah ravens there's gonna gonna be be a lot of birds oh man there's gonna be so many birds in that show i'm hype surprised uh surprised robert eggers hasn't done an edgar Allan poe 
Uh, movie, so he's, yeah. he's got to do Nosferatu. Yeah. Did you know that originally Harry Styles was going to be Nosferatu? Oh, God. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, he was cast. He was cast in the movie. So what did you hear about, like, the casting news? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah I sent it to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, oh, wow. I didn't realize Harry Styles was going to be. Nosferatu. Yes, it was. Well, because that was the thing is that news came out and they replaced Harry Styles with Bill Skarsgård, which is great. Yeah. And then they replaced Anya Taylor-Joy with Lily Rose Depp, yeah. uh, which is a big downgrade. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Even trade, I guess. <laughs> I was talking to my girlfriend and I'm like, oh, he replaced Harry Styles. Like, I, he probably wasn't playing Nosferatu then, right? Yes, he was. And Harry then I looked Styles at him, Harry Styles Nosferatu. was going to be Nosferatu. Why the hell was <laughs> he going to be Nosferatu? I mean, Bill Skarsgård makes yeah. so much sense to be Nosferatu. <laughs> like, could you imagine? Harry Styles as a Nosferatu. Harold Stylish <laughs> as Nosferatu. <laughs> that makes no sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Robert Iger saw Don't Worry Darling, and he was like, no. He's like, oh God, what have We're I done? On. We're moving on. Yeah, let's, let's fix that. Let's fix that. Um, well, that is one of the movies I saw. Yeah. So I can transition right into it. Um, Don't Worry, Darling is a big mess of a movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, I don't, it's not even fun bad. And that's the worst part. Yeah. It's just boring that's bad. That's what I've heard. It's just boring bad. It's just one of those movies that is completely dependent on a plot twist, but it's not... Like, the best plot twist movies are when you don't know there's going to be a plot twist. Like Barbarian. Yeah. And this one, it's so obvious because, like, that's what it's all leading up to. It's like, there's something, something's fishy here. Something's happening here in this town. So the whole movie is just you being like, what's happening? And they give, they can't give any clues to it. Um, because once you find out what it is, like I understand why you can't give any clues to that because it would be extremely obvious the moment you give any clues. Like, I don't know. It's like an, uh, it's not that surprising of a twist. Mm -hmm. And the whole movie is just weird things happening to Florence Pugh's character that some of them are cool. None of them advance the plot at all. The plot is in the same exact place. It starts with, it introduces the characters, weird things start happening for an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> nothing new is happening to Florence Pugh. We learn nothing new about this town. It, we're stuck in the same place for an hour and 15 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> of just Florence Pugh, weird things happening to Florence Pugh that give us no hint to what is going on <laughs> until finally, like, we get, like, some hints and they reveal it. And then, like, David Ehrlich has a really good point. Um, one of our favorite critics. Yep. That the twist should have been the inciting incident, and I 100% agree. This movie would have been insanely better if the twist was the inciting incident because an hour and 15 of this movie is nothing, mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. Yeah, and then the twist is interesting in itself, but it all of a sudden just crams all of it into this 10 minute ending, right? Where things are like finally interesting, and then they're like, it's done, it's over. It's like, like, what the fuck? It's like a reverse passengers. Where Passengers just tells you the twist of the movie in the first 10 minutes yeah. and then just plays out like normal. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'll be real. I was trying to avoid this, um, but I did basically have the ending of Don't okay. Worry Darling spoiled. So I do kind of want to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. We're going to spoil so, Don't Worry Darling. So fair warning. I know. I feel like if you wanted to see this movie to shit on it, you've probably already seen it. Yeah. 
Um, and also it's bad, so who cares? Yeah. But basically, from what I understand, Harry Styles is a Discord mod yeah. who kidnaps a girl and puts him her in like Not his even own kidnaps like like SimCity. He's, he's dating her. They're dating. Oh. So he doesn't kidnap kind of kidnaps her, I guess, but they live together and are dating. He just there's an interesting idea in there too of like exploring why Harry Styles like character all of a sudden becomes an incel but they don't at all of course go into that he just turns into an incel so wait hold on so Florence Pugh is dating Harry Styles who looks like a discord mod not like, yet okay they admit they he looks normal and then he loses his job and that puts him down this like rabbit hole basically of like listening to a bunch of podcasts online and becoming an incel oh okay and they don't like explore at all like what that means or why that happens which i think would be a really interesting movie mm-hmm. they just it just happens and then the movie ends obviously because they it's in the last 10 minutes okay so like yeah it, harry styles it basically he feels emasculated because he doesn't have a job anymore and Florence Pugh is making all the money in the relationship and she's working all the time and is a nurse. Um, and yeah, it's just, and then he just decide he hears about this like project, which is just VR and okay. puts her in this VR headset thing um, where, but she's like convinced that it's real life and every day all the men in this world, like go back to the real world and like uh. have like, bad jobs and make like money or whatever to like just pay rent and then go back into it whereas Florence Pugh's in it all the time just living out her life like being a housewife I see and she but she doesn't know what's happening to her and then the the movie is just like her realizing in the last 10 minutes that it's happening to her but it's not apparently it's supposed to be ambiguous that she that maybe only the audience is figuring it out but she still doesn't know I don't know it's really confusing and poorly like poorly shown yeah and it's a really like bad mechanism of how she gets back into the real world she just touches a building and it's really anticlimactic oh wow because that's the final scene is her like driving up the hill to this building and running from the people trying to stop her and then she's just ahead of them the whole time so it's like she's in a car like i was like how how would they catch up to her ever yeah (laughs) she's in a car like goes up the hill touches the building yeah so was there, there a moment in the movie where like an old wizard comes up and they're like, don't touch the building. Oh, no, I wish. Great. <laughs> would have been great. I would. That's what I would have put a this old wizard awful. In. Who's in the, Chris Pine. He's in this movie, right? Chris Pine. Yes. And he's, his character's really, he's the leader. He's like the podcast guy who right, convinced yeah. Harry Styles. Like this is the life we, we just, we should go back to the sixties where people are housewives or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a really interesting character and has a really good scene. But then they just kill him off for no reason. Like, oh. <laughs> you think he's going to be the final boss type character. Uh. But his like his AI, who I don't even think is a real person, wife, kills him. Oh. And is like, I want to be real now or something. <laughs> and it was like an ex machina moment almost. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's like, okay, well, the weird ending to this character, but all right. <laughs> that would be great if she went and touched the building and then just like ceases to exist. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, like Fuck, oh I no, I'm exist. all data. <laughs> yeah. I can't exist outside this world. Yeah. And there's, all, God, there's just so many interesting things that are revealed at the end. Um, 
Olivia Wilde's character apparently is the only female who willingly is in there. Oh, okay. And they don't explore it at all. They just reveal it at the end. Like, oh, no, I know about it. Like, just forget. Like, she's trying to convince Florence people. Like, no, it's oh. you want to stay here. Like, this is the life. Like, mm-hmm. and it's at the very end that they finally reveal this and they don't explore it at all because they don't have any time to explore it. It's because she knows Jason Sudeikis is out there. Yeah. She has to stay in VR. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I got to stay in VR. Yeah. Um, and that brings up a bunch of questions because Nick Kroll is his is his husband. Like, is she, is he there willingly? Like, what's happening there? Like, th- there's a bunch of questions that would be super interesting to answer. Yeah. That, yeah, are never answered. Uh, your phone's flashlight is on. Yeah. Oh, accidentally turned it. Uh, well, you oh. should you should worry, darling, because <laughs> this movie worry. is bad. Um, that's Definitely my Roger worry. Ebert review. That that's of God, if Roger Ebert were here, he would he would make that. Review. He would destroy that He'd movie. Yeah. Um. Well, do you have any more? Yeah. Let me just like go through a lot real quick because we got to get okay. to Tar. Tar's a deep one. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Triangle Sadness. I was, I mean. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay, let me, before Triangle Sadness. I saw Bodies, Bodies, Bodies twice, and it's a very fun movie, and I enjoyed it because I obviously watched it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's fun. I got nothing else to say about it besides the ending's pretty hilarious. Is Pete Davidson any good in it? Yeah, he's actually good in it. I don't uh. like Pete Davidson either, so you know that's a compliment. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, well, he just fits the character. This is like his role. Yeah. He's supposed to play like an idiot gen z person and he does it very well okay fair so uh, i mean it's just a movie that balance it's it makes fun of gen z but it also respects it at the same i think it balances really well the trailers just makes make it seem like it's making fun of gen z completely Mm -hmm. but i think it doesn't i think it like it's really towing the line because all the all the actresses are gen z people so they're not going to make fun of them and shit on themselves yeah so they uh, they went into it and they were really good the uh what's her name from um, Shiva Baby is back. Oh, nice. What's her name? Rachel Sennett. Yeah. And steals the fucking show. There's oh, okay. a really, one of my favorite lines of the year about podcasting. Oh, okay. This oh, nice. Because <laughs> her character has a podcast and it is just hilarious. <laughs> and she also has a, another really good line. Um, yeah. But yeah. And also, if you are, this isn't a horror movie at all. This is Among Us. This is the thing. Um, this movie is like a whodunit. Uh, so oh bodies 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 yeah it oh, is okay. not a horror movie at all i thought it was like gonna have horror elements no it's just a whodunit oh okay with like some scary moments because it's all in the dark and well the i would totally out. watch an among us movie yeah now i gotta see it <laughs> it's among us yeah gen zers come watch it <laughs> uh yeah i watch oh god i watched over the garden wall great so good i love over the garden wall watch it on an airplane i just was in bliss the whole time yeah uh fantastic um watched decision to leave which the new park chan wook movie and it's so fucking good Mm -hmm. i still haven't stopped thinking about it this is one of my favorite directors if you don't know him director of old boy and the handmaiden uh handmaiden is one of my favorite movies ever and i don't think it reaches that levels uh but maybe on a rewatch it could it's just so good and i i love it it's very it's supposed to be like a hitchcock type uh, Hitchcock movie and okay. I think it's very Hitchcockian for sure I, I, I really liked it nice alright Triangle Sadness Throw we'll talk pu- about a pu- decision pu- to leave because <laughs> a whole bunch of people in my theater did that yeah <laughs> um, yeah 
triangle sadness. One person in my theater did. They came back though. They just threw up. <laughs> they definitely went to throw oh, up. Oh, okay. No, I had a few definitive walkouts oh, wow. in my Damn. screening. I mean, the this will be one of those episodes where we just talk about a bunch yeah. and we'll just call it the tar episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, I literally knew nothing about this movie going in. I hadn't heard anything. I hadn't seen a trailer for it. Um, and you my, know, I wish I had had some warning. My dumbass <laughs> recommended to you, forgetting <laughs> that you don't like gross out humor. I just like <laughs> it's like fuck. I was like, yeah, people love this movie, and then you said yeah. that. I'm like, oh yeah, you did tell me that. I once. like fuck. One of the only episodes of Always Sunny in Philadelphia I don't watch is the second Wade Boggs episode uh, where uh, all the women are just like vomiting on the uh, plane. <laughs> Such, um, yeah, and so it's just like. You know, I like I'm I didn't walk out. I can handle <laughs> that kind of I just don't enjoy it. Yeah. I'm just like this is just gross. I don't find it funny at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just like ew. Um <laughs> and you know what? I'll give you like the beginning of that sequence. I I guess spoilers for but like whatever. Yeah. Um the beginning of the nasty barf poop sequence <laughs> was funny cuz I was like I get it. the The rich lady was like, "I want all the poor people to swim," <laughs> and they make it very clear, like that's going to ruin all the seafood they're about to serve. Yeah, yeah. So, like, sure, but then it just keeps go- <laughs> the entire second act of this movie <laughs> is vomiting and shitting and like people falling over. Yeah, which is it's it's either going to be an. Ex- uh, big positive or a big negative for people yeah. it's not gonna be in the middle people are gonna be like yeah that seems all right yeah it's either that i fucking hated that or i thought it was amazing because it is you, you can't deny it's that doesn't happen too often in movies i, guess. I mean i, I can only ride. imagine why it doesn't happen too often in movies like why haven't they thought of this before but yeah that's t- like the camera work and that it, it makes you seasick. I was legit queasy. Not only from the throw up, before yeah. the throw up, I was seasick. Like, I was legit queasy. I was like, oh, God. Like, I am. That's what's funny rocking. is, like, watching on watching that scene, because I, like, grew up around boats. Like, mm. I, I was on boats a lot when I was younger. I was watching that scene being like, cannot relate. I do not get seasick. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> that's just not something that happens to me. Yeah. Um. So I was like, damn. Well, well I guess the poison seafood probably got them but yeah. i was like couldn't be me no couldn't be me i would have been totally fine yeah um yeah and that's god that's it just keeps going and like woody Har- i really like woody harrelson's character that's yeah <laughs> no like, i mean fucking- and again like the setup is funny and like I remember you said it was very on the nose, which is like, yeah, while well, everyone's complaint. like losing, like literally vomiting and like shitting their brains out, they're just having this long discussion about if communism or capitalism yeah. is better, yeah, or whatever. I I had trouble trying to figure out quite what the movie was trying to say, and parts it did kind of just feel like a shittier, huh, a shittier parasite, <laughs> yeah, thematically, honestly. yeah. I agree with that. I think thematically is the weakest point of this movie, especially seeing as you haven't seen his other movie movies. I've only seen one of them. No, I haven't. But seen Force Majeure is just like almost a masterclass and subtle theme doing. And yeah, this one is the exact opposite. It's shoved the theme in your shoved so many themes in your face that you don't know what it's saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what this movie is, which was the disappointing part for me was Force Majeure was so subtle and like such mm-hmm. a like it was. 
force majeure is the first is the very first act of this movie basically it's the, i see yeah it's the couple arguing at the table about like such a like minute thing that's like not in movies that much of them arguing like oh like i could pay no i i want to pay like it's yeah that's what force majeure is um, yeah which i really enjoy about force majeure and then the second third act just completely go away from that and are just it's just an insane ride basically yeah i would say i want to go to spoiler town for this yeah. just because so we're going to spoiler town um if you have a strong stomach i guess you can watch this movie <laughs> i don't know if i would recommend it to anyone but like i recommended it to my dad because he loves throw up oh okay that's his favorite if you're john george's dad yeah. go see this movie immediately that's his favorite t- he loves when people fake throw up or like gag and people don't do that they full throw up in this movie well that's the thing is the vomiting in this movie is so realistic yeah like the sounds they make and yeah. everything it's oh. it's not like it's not like you know always sunny where charlie's like projectile vomiting the blood that's funny this is is like real acting's good like it feels like they're actually like throwing up oh yeah it's that's that whole thing is just you want to get like i don't blame the people who want i think a couple people like made it down the stairs and then realized like oh wait i don't have to throw like i legit think people were going to throw up because they were they yeah. walked down the stairs like stopped and then went back up oh okay so i definitely think they were about to throw up and then just they got they regained yeah, their like, composure oh, never mind yeah so. um but yeah i guess like i did like the first half of this movie quite a bit because it felt like it was kind of going somewhere and that they're making a lot of points like he's at the high fashion show and they're they have the word equality like flying yeah, across yeah. the screen yeah. which is so funny like after they made him leave his seat because someone more important than him wanted to like grab extra seats in the front row mm-hmm. um and i thought all that was good like the relationship stuff i thought was good and i liked when they get on the boat and they're talking to all these rich people who yeah. are like wildly out of touch um and and they're sort of in a way out of place like they got on the boat for free they're not wildly wealthy yeah exactly you know just got lucky through their situation um and then things i just feel like kind of start to get muddy because he he has that thing where he's telling his girlfriend like i want to be equal that's his big thing yeah and that sort of follows through the movie and then they finally get to this point where they're equal on the island Mm -hmm. every like all pretense of wealth and everything is gone yeah they are truly in a situation where everyone is equal. And then the movie goes on to sort of point out how like that still doesn't work. Yeah. Because the cleaning lady just becomes a horrible dictator. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. It's this movie is like so many movies in one. It feels like, like, I mean, they have, that's the reason why they have three distinctive acts almost. Yeah. Point them out. But yeah, I agree. Like, I think, I don't know. I don't think the third act hit as hard as it could, especially like the very end is like, it ends weirdly to me. Um, it, yeah, I would same. have rather would have rather they have been. Why is it up in the air? Just make a definitive ending. Yeah, I think it would have been a better statement if they made it a definitive definitive ending in mm-hmm. either direction, um, instead of it being ambiguous. I guess. Yeah, it's one of those things where like, you know, they get to the point where they've all just been so like dumb that they didn't even realize the island they were on was a luxury resort. Yeah. They've just been on the wrong side of the island. Yep. And I did like that ending moment where she wants to go up the elevator mm-hmm. and then they have this brief human moment where you think the cleaning lady's not going to kill her. Yeah. And then she's like, Oh, you can be my assistant. And I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. So yeah. like, 
she's gonna beat her head in with a rock yeah yeah um and i thought that worked and then they just cut to the dude like running, running. <laughs> and i was like and uh, then the is that really play. the last shot you want here i was just like what was he was the implication that he I, like found out i that think the implication she is killed her or there was a scream or something that indicated like oh something happened or i don't know that's that's what that was my immediate reaction it has to be something like that. Like, why was he be? Why was he? Yeah, because the that character was a little bit frustrating to me. Yeah, because he doesn't really have growth. No, he at, doesn't all. at all. In, in, in any, in some ways, he gets worse. Yeah. because like you assume this character, he starts out being kind of spineless and being like, well, he doesn't make a lot of money because he's a male model, mm-hmm. and he's very like dependent on his girlfriend, and he wants to like prove that he can be her equal, and then it feels like he's given the opportunity to step up on the Island. Right. Mm -hmm. And like become that guy. Like, you know, he could learn how to make a fire. He could learn how to catch a fish. None of them try to do, by the way, which (laughs) is funny in a sense for like the ultra rich people, (laughs) but But for him, for him, like that's his chance, right? He's, he's kind of the outlier, the fish out of water. And so this movie progresses and he's like, he just becomes her sex slave Mm -hmm. to the point where like, I, I thought it was funny the line where she's like, "Do you remember what you said to me the first night we were in the boat?" He said, "I love you. You give me fish," which immediately <laughs> proves how completely spineless and pathetic this dude is. Yeah. And the movie ends with him just being spineless and pathetic. Yeah. And that's it. I agree. I think he definitely fell to the themes of the movie. Like, at some point, um, the writing process like he just gave up on like the movie being about this character and was fully in yeah on the movie being about this th- these themes well he's not in the once the vomiting starts he's yeah. not in the movie yeah until the island. it's not yeah it's not about him or his girlfriend anymore basically it's yeah. about um it's about the ultra wealthy and like society all of a sudden so yeah which is yeah i definitely think that's a missed opportunity too i think everyone's going crazy for this movie because i do and I think it's because it is a wild ride, mm-hmm. but I think it's like, I definitely can see flaws in it. And I, I think force majeure is way better in my opinion than yeah. what he did here. I think I'd be able to look past the nastiness of it. Um, if it had like a little bit more coherence to it. Yeah, definitely. It was also like the Island part dragged on like the part where they're killing the donkey got to the point where I'm like, is this supposed to be funny? That was sad. I was, I was sad during that. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I get the point they're making where they have that big celebratory moment and, and then it's like, still alive. It's still it's alive. Like, oh. And so he has to kill it. <laughs> yeah. and, but then they kind of move past that too. Yeah. He's just sort of fine afterwards. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a whole lot with, with this movie where I was, I don't know. I thought it was good in some parts, but overall I, I would not like recommend it to someone or watch it again. Yeah. I think it was a very, I didn't expect it to be as funny as it was. Yeah. Um, maybe because force majeure is just like a more depressing movie. It's funny, but yeah. it's a little more depressing. Uh, and this movie has depressing moments, but I felt like they really leaned into like, this is like almost like a satire type comedy, like where they didn't want to take everything too seriously. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to emphasize like, look at all these wacky things that are happening. Yeah. Also last thing I'll say, those are the worst pirates on earth, I think. Definitely. <laughs> Cause like, okay, I did laugh really hard when the arms dealer lady picks up the grenade and is like, oh, yeah. oh this is ours, <laughs> and then it explodes. <laughs> and like, like that's oh, great. Yeah. Um, but then the pirates just 
explode the whole boat yeah like who what throws you... a grenade <laughs> well is that your first move like exploding the boat right? yeah because like you're not gonna get anything yeah. from that then you yeah. can't like hold them hostage they're just a pirate they're like a terrorist almost they're less I, pirates yeah. and just terrorists yeah they just wanted to cause destruction yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know don't think they got much out of that raid yeah be honest but yeah um yeah, I got nothing else to say about Triangle Sadness. That's good, because now we must talk about Tar. Tar. Tar, Tar, The kids tar. are going nuts for Tar. Lydia Tar, everyone's favorite composer. Conductor. Conductor. I guess she was a composer. She was, she was everything, music. baby. I could say anything. That's true, That's the yeah. whole first scene. <laughs> That's right, yeah. The whole first scene is they go on for like 20 minutes yeah. about how she's done literally everything. Yeah, and her assistant like can just <laughs> is mouthing along yeah. the intro like it she's was a... She's so into it. Like, like she went over it like 50 times probably to write it. That's her. the thing is like, you know, when in the I am legend zombie apocalypse, like Will Smith had Shrek that he knew all the words to. For me, it's going to be Tar. <laughs> For me, it's gonna I'm going to do the thing where I narrate the beginning. Sequence. I know all of Tar's accomplishments. I know every single word of Tar. <laughs> God, I hope in the I am legend reboot in 20 years, <laughs> Will Smith's character instead of Shrek. <laughs> but he, he does it for the whole two hours and 40 yep. minutes. <laughs> he knows every word to Tar. That's I really like Tar. I really like Tar. <laughs> That's his thing. Well, they're making a sequel to I Am yeah, Legend. I'm I not surprised. It. Yeah. You said that I wasn't. I imagined that that was happening. Probably. Anyway, we should give general impressions. Tar is great. Tar is great. It's a banger. Um, it's one of my favorites. Tar is like a soft banger it's, and it's, yeah, it's not soft. a movie you're gonna watch and get hype about no until you think about it for a long time yeah and that's, then it's a bang that's been like me for the last week i just stop every so often and think about tar and yeah, i'm like, you're like oh. yeah and then you yeah your life lives out and you're like oh that reminds me of tar especially yeah. this uh kanye west thing Listen, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of tar tar could not come out have come out at a better time yeah. um because Tar 2 is definitely going to be about Kanye yeah. West. <laughs> Kanye, I'm surprised Kanye doesn't have an accent in his name anywhere like Tar does. Well, he's just yay now. Yeah. So he could put it over the yeah, E. Yeah, he's got to put it over the yeah. E. Yeah. Um, um, We'll, we'll talk about Kanye during Spoiler Town. Definitely. I mean, I guess what else is there to say but go see? I honestly, I didn't know anything about Tar going into it. I had no idea. All I knew it was about it was that it was about a composer. Mm-hmm. So I'd say just go see it. If if yeah. you're if you're good with long movies that are mostly talking, like yeah, it's, it's it. the best possible movie that it can be. Definitely, lots of like yeah, some long like scenes that feel like they're one take, but I don't think they are. Yeah, and yeah, lots of talking and just a movie that makes you think deeper about the life we live. You know, you know? and a killer performance from Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. So. And an amazing pose on the poster. Yes. I don't know very, how she did that. Like, I'm very, trying right now. Yeah, very good. Very good poster pose. Yeah. I also like this banner on Letterboxd. Yeah. I like that pose, too. She's like, going like. And that's and what composers do. If you're on the website version of Letterboxd and you're on Tar, it now says, let Tar Boxed. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love all the Easter eggs on Letterboxd, like the fire emojis on Portrait of a Lady on Fire. They got just so many little Easter eggs all over the, that the rules. website. Well, we can go to Spoiler Town, but I guess maybe now's a good time to introduce my new segment. Oh, boy. Let's um, go. This is a segment I want to call Improvies. Okay. Um, 
Now, off very often on this show, we'll talk about it's a segment we've already been doing. Yeah, I wanted to give it an official name, yeah. essentially, where we talk about a movie and talk about how do we make it better oh. or how do we make a sequel that's way better. Okay. And I didn't. And you got ideas. I feel like this is a good one to start because yeah. we don't want to just do it with movies we don't like. Yeah. You can improve any movie. Exactly. This is a good premise for a movie yeah. already. I, so for this improvies, I've already come prepared. I want to. Th- I'm going to throw out some titles. Okay. Um. And you're going to riff off of them, say good or bad, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. First one I'm going to throw at you, Tarbarian. Tarbarian. So as to say, is Justin Long going to be in this? They're both I mean, movies they both about have... people who have been canceled. Oh, my God. I'm just I saying. I think we got to combine the universes. Tar becomes friends with Justin Long's character. They both get canceled at the same time. Oh, my God. And I mean, Tar's from New York. Yeah. So maybe there's an equivalent Airbnb in New York that she owns, or maybe it's her childhood home. Maybe. Cause she does go back to her childhood home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we need to, it's basically just going to be like a Lion King one and a half almost of like, what oh, is Tar doing yeah. during the events of Barbarian? And apparently she's been alongside the movie the whole you time. You know what it is? It's, you know, the flashback in Barbarian mm-hmm. where we see the guy in the eighties doing his like freaky serial. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, we find out that he went on vacation to New York at oh, one point okay. and he stayed at Tar's childhood home before oh, her my. parents owned it. Oh, right. Wow. Right. And so yeah. in her basement, he left her a little surprise oh, too. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and Tar goes on her own little Barbarian event. Oh adventure. yeah. Tarbarian. All right, I got another one Tarbarian. for you. All right, let's go. Next Tarmageddon. Week. Tarmageddon. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Now this yeah, one, I sell think, me a little bit more. Maybe instead of being a composer, she's an oil driller, okay. right? And there's an asteroid flying towards Earth. But here's the thing: we get the asteroid out of the way in like the first 20 minutes of the yeah, movie. Yeah, who cares about that? She saves the Earth by being a great oil drilling astronaut. Okay. Um, but we, then I like this. it turns out all the oil people who worked on her big oil rig, she's been doing that thing to them. Oh, no. Ooh, and then she gets canceled. And oh, now it's like no. the whole earth has to deal with their savior being a sexual predator. Oh, God. That's a good one. That's that, a good. I that's like got to that. be rough, right? I like that. And, and the trailers could like make it seem like it's all about like like the whole plot of the movie is her trying to save the world from the asteroid. But that's yep. resolved early. Yeah. And then we get the big twist of like, no, this is about something else. She's an awful person. Oh my And how do we as a society rationalize like the person who saved all of us? And this will be like the first oil driller who gets canceled. Has an oil driller ever been canceled? That's the I mean, probably not. We should cancel all of them. Yeah. Drilling oil. Yeah. I mean, we will hopefully. Yeah. If if us woke leftists (laughs) get our way, we'll cancel all oil drillers (laughs) for their bad tweets. Exactly. We'll look at their tweets. All right, I like Tarmageddon. Okay, hitting up with another big one, Tar Wars. <laughs> I think the Star Wars fans are going to love this one. Oh, the yeah. The next trilogy is going to be a banger. Here's, here's the thing. If someone came up to me and was like, oh, that movie Tar, boring, I'd be like, yeah, I understand how you feel that way. What's going to fix that? <laughs> Space swords? The Force? Yeah. What we were missing was Darth Vader being canceled. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Darth Vader is <laughs> right there. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And we we get the mask reveal of, like, it was Lydia Tar the whole time. <laughs> the whole time, yeah. She was just using a voice changer. Yeah. Oh, my God. God, this, that rules. this cinematic universe is just yeah. expansive. Um, and this could be a great way. This is how she tries to make... Uh, 
a um, comeback as mm-hmm. she, she sort of flies off Earth. She's like, I'm sick of this place. Yeah. She gets sucked into a wormhole. Yeah. <laughs> ends up in Star Wars land. Yeah. And becomes Tarth Vader. Becomes Tarth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> oh Gotta have the accent, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I'm worried that that'll spoil that it's Lydia Tar if we, <laughs> she's called Tarth Vader, but... You know, I don't think anyone... Here's the thing. <laughs> the Star Wars audience and the Tar audience, yeah. that Venn diagram is two separate circles. Yeah, so the Star Wars people are like, oh, that's weird. They're just like, well, yeah, that's really lazy writing. Just, <laughs> this new villain is just called Tarth Vader. It's <laughs> really weird. Okay. <laughs> lazy writing. Yeah. Right, whatever. They're All used right. to lazy writing, so they're just like, okay, that's normal for Star yeah. Wars. That's true, yeah. yeah. Um. All right, last one. Hmm. This is probably going to be our best one. A tar is born. Oh boy, this is great. This one already has to do with yeah, music, right? Yeah, yeah, this is this fits perfectly, honestly. Mm-hmm. And instead of like alcoholism, it's just cancel culture. You oh know, yeah, that sort of ruins it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know this, we can't make tar the star being born because Lady Gaga is not the main character in that movie. It's true. It's Bradley yeah. Cooper, which was the big twist that I didn't like. <laughs> that's true that is the worst twist about a star is born so we'll keep lady gaga she's yeah, still here she's still here but instead she falls in love with lydia tar i think i think maybe we because you know tar is sort of has a slow downfall in this mm-hmm. one there's no like one factor that kind of yeah. gets rid of her i think in this one lady gaga has to defeat tar oh yeah it's definitively like a boss sort yeah. of Ha- there has to be some sort of final battle sequence yeah. where Lady Gaga triumphs over Tar. I think that is fair. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Wow. I think these are all going to be amazing sequels and the cinematic universe is going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. So keep an eye out for those. I'm going to pitch that all to Todd Field. I think he's going to be really happy with those sort oh, of yeah. concepts. Todd Field, <laughs> we know he loves making movies like that. For oh, yeah. Sure. So he's going to be all in. Um. So yeah, that's uh, you know, and I'm proud of us. We got through this whole segment without putting Ninja in the movie. All right, which is a pretty big <laughs> step for us. Well, I, yeah, that whole time I was thinking in my head, how could I relate Tar to Ninja? I know. Listen, he's still going to come back every so often, but I think for this one, Good Ninja Tar can... hero. Oh, okay. And that's good because it's like ironic because she's not a hero. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she's like the the guitar villain, basically. Yeah, she's the guitar (laughs) villain. That would be, you know, if there was a if they made a guitar hero movie that was starring like the rock or something, yeah. you know, the last lines, like, I guess I'm the guitar villain. <laughs> like it turns out I'm a guitar villain. <laughs> he plays a sick riff on his yeah. guitar. <laughs> God, guitar hero movie needs to happen. Oh yeah. But it has to have the accent over the A. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Good. I like the segment. We're going to do it. We're going to do more of it. Since Critics Corner is so hit and miss these days, we got to make our own content. I would be interested to see any reviews for this one. Maybe I'm, just maybe just about people thinking it's boring or something. Yeah, like, I'm like, I mean, obviously the reason Critics Corner kind of slowly died off is because every review now is just like, I hate liberals. Yeah. Um, so and, probably a bunch of that. Yeah, it gets boring after a it's while. It's only in LA and New York right now too, so maybe none of that. Oh, so that's far. true. Yeah, we're coastal elites, so we've yeah. seen tar. Yeah, the the oh, everyone's gonna have to wait. Oh man, all the people in like Ohio. God, they have list who listen to our podcast. They're gonna be like, "Fuck, I can't even see tar." They have not lived yet. No. <laughs> all right, let's talk about tar. Spoiler. Spoilers. Um, Monster Hunter World. I mean, that's the first spoiler you got to talk it's, about. We, we have to get it out of the way because I have a lot of feelings about it. It's great. 
<laughs> it's genius. Here's what's funny is this movie does a clever thing where it plays the credits at the very beginning, like yeah. the full credits. Yeah. And I was reading, I realized they play the credits in reverse too. So the smallest credits yeah, go yeah. at the front and the biggest ones go at the back, which obviously like the movie makes a statement about like people in power and all that. Mm -hmm. But the first screen of credits had the special acknowledgements. And I saw at the very bottom of the screen, it said special acknowledgement to Capcom monster hunter world. And (laughs) I was like, like, how is that going to fit? That's funny. I was like, Oh, it'll probably just be like on the background and like on like a TV somewhere. (laughs) So the whole movie, I'm not kidding in my head, the whole movie, I'm like, where is monster hunter like <laughs> yeah. if it got an acknowledgement it's not going to be like blurry or something like we're gonna see it yeah exactly like i was blown away <laughs> when <laughs> the fucking was... projector screen comes down and i'm like that is the opening cut scene to monster hunter <laughs> world <laughs> so good uh i meanwhile i completely forgot yeah um i obviously remembered in that moment when it started playing i was like oh shit yeah um yeah i completely forgot that i saw it in the credits but Mm -hmm. i completely forgot and had just like it was gone and out of my mind and then i was like oh yeah what's funny for me because i'm like i'm a big fan of monster hunter like i play a lot of monster hunter games like i put tons of hours into the newest one um so like on the one hand like it totally makes sense for the character on the other hand it does feel a little bad where i'm like i think it's just fully the i don't yeah based on the character's motivations a hundred percent like i understand would hate like yeah we know she would hate it but so it does feel a little bit like oh video games are are like lesser than maybe just like taking advantage of like older people see this movie and they'd be like yeah that's amateur shit yeah she's in but like you know it that moment delivers so hard, especially because she has that first rehearsal. I think she's in China at the end of the movie. It's not super China, clear. Yeah, either ch- it's yeah China it's or like Vietnam. Or yeah, no I think idea. it might be Vietnam. I think it's Vietnam. Um, That's my guess, but I don't know if it's ever pointed out. Yeah, clearly. wherever it is, this nondescript Asian country. Um, she goes up to the first her first rehearsal, and she's like, "I want to talk about the composer's intention." And in the moment, you're like, well, obviously that's something Tar yeah. would say. And then when it's revealed what it is, you're like, oh, no, his intention is that you're fighting big monsters yeah. so you can turn their body parts into swords. Oh, God. Yeah, it's so it's such a good it's such a good reveal because you're I don't know. You don't know where it's going. You're like, oh, yeah. she's just going to like be a composer, but like just outside of America now where people don't know she's canceled yeah. or something. She's, she's really, she's been like shunned yeah. to, to like working in, in this, I guess, whatever country. And, um, you know, they have like these great moments where she wants to go get a massage. And then she realized it's like a brothel more yeah. or less. Um, and yeah, that final reveal, I will say like, I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure people don't go to like video game music concerts completely in in cosplay. Yeah, maybe not. But sure, it sells the point. Yeah. It it definitely helps. Maybe in Thailand, I don't know, (laughs) or wherever they are. Yeah. It could be Thailand too. It's really hard to know. Yeah. I would love to, I would definitely love to go to like a Legend of Zelda orchestra or something like that one yeah. day i don't know if i would dress up as link for that or something. no and they've but. had they had a touring show for a long time yeah. for zelda's like 25th anniversary or whatever it's so sick um, that music's so good when the when skyward sword came out 
uh, yeah, if you got you, the physical yeah, copy, you I get the CD. That. I got the CD. And that was it's burned onto my, my iPod. Yeah, it's still on my iTunes account. Yep. <laughs> Plays every once in a while when I shuffle my whole library. I mean, listen, Gerudo Valley. Oh, that's a class. That's a bang. If, see, here's the thing. If the movie had ended and she was playing Gerudo Valley, I'd yeah. be like, she has nothing to feel bad about. Do you think, I th- here's the thing. Todd Field hasn't directed a movie in many years. He's got to be just playing video games. I feel like he plays oh, yeah. games. I feel like he likes video games. Monster Hunter World is such a weird pick. I feel like it was that pick because he had to pick like maybe a more, like I'm not going to dis, like the music's good in that game and stuff. Maybe, But if he would have picked Zelda or Mario or like one of, First of all, it would have cost way more money, probably. Yeah. But second of all, people maybe would have held it higher and would have been more confused by the ending because they're like, right. oh, that's kind of cool. She's yeah. comp- doing this for like Zelda. Like, that's badass. No, I think it's but that. I, I think it's that. And it's also that like Monster Hunter has a much, much bigger following in like Japan and mm. Asian countries. Like, yeah. In the US, it's a very niche game series. Yeah. It's not like. You know, I play it, but I'm like a big nerd. Like most people are not grinding Monster Hunter in the U.S. Yeah, so I, exactly. I think that's also why it was a good pick for that kind of location. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to try and Google where Tar ends. Yeah, you should do that. <laughs> where is Tar at the end of, of Tar? tar. <laughs> <laughs> where is Tar at the end of Tar? Kate Blanchett's new movies about cancel culture. No, just tell me where she is. <laughs> What is a five-letter word that ends in tar because people got stuck on the wordle? Oh, God. Um, God damn it. Okay, we're not going to know. Yeah, we'll never know. Um, all right, yeah. Ending of the movie, great. Great yes. banger. Love, love the reveal and then credits. And mm-hmm. everyone in my theater is like, oh, <laughs> it's like one of those credits that you don't expect. Yeah, it's well, it's like, like I thought it was kind of an homage to like 70s movies where like, they always did that. Like yeah. if you watch like Monty Python, the Holy grail, like that plays the entire credits before the movie. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's clearly more thematic than that, but, um, yeah, it's, they introduce tar and she's the most accomplished musician ever. She has an EGOT. She's got an EGOT, she's, which, which means wild. she has all the awards basically mm-hmm. her and Mel Brooks. Yeah. Uh, which they make a point of, mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we should talk about because the next scene that stands out to me is the Juilliard scene. Yeah, I think the Juilliard scene's like one of the most standout um, because it has very different context at the end of the movie. To- that's that's what I was gonna say. It's so crazy because like watching it in the moment and then thinking about it after the movie's yeah, over, no. you've like it's like watching two different scenes. Exactly, in your head. it's the scene that everyone's pointing to because during the scene what she's saying everyone's agrees with and everyone yeah. in my theater is clapping literally clapping at at the end of the scene yeah because they're like oh yeah she's right like take down that like yeah who care like the classical people inspired everyone who cares yeah um and stuff like that but then at the end you're, it gives a completely different context and you're like oh she's like almost defending herself at that moment yeah. too and it's like oh god that's what's wild because like i remember because people in my theater were laughing no one clapped um <laughs> i was laughing at certain points because yeah, like it's funny she is kind of right yeah like you can't just throw out bach and yeah. beethoven because like i went to music school mm-hmm. like there's foundational stuff in in that very early classical music um and so in a way you're like okay this kid's being annoying like everyone was a misogynist in the 1700s yeah yeah exactly um that doesn't mean you throw away like these foundational works but then yeah you 
you think about it, you're like, oh, she's getting so defensive here because she's like, if the if the youngins can cancel Beethoven, they can cancel, they can cancel me. Yeah, exactly. And boy, do they. <laughs> they do. With like a very poorly edited, edited That's video. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that is clearly edited, but everyone fell for it. We're like, oh, I was, got her. <laughs> I was talking to my girlfriend about this because um, it's like a TikTok yeah. <laughs> of that same speech where they like completely take her out of context. Yeah. And to be fair to Tar, like they really did yeah. fuck with her in that scene. Yeah. And like we're both editors. So we watch that and immediately go like, okay, this is all Frankenbites. Yep. Um, and so in my head, I was like, would people really believe that? And, and, then, <laughs> and then I stopped for a second. I was like, oh, yeah, people are stupid. Like, yeah. of course they would believe that. I don't 100% believe it. But yeah. I, I do like how, I don't know, a lot of people will, the movie doesn't take a side ever, really. It just, like, plays mm-hmm. out almost. Yeah. And that's one of the things where, like, I feel like Todd Field really, like, tried to balance it. So, like, Tar was still, even though Tar's, like, a piece of shit by the end, like, she's still like sort of redeemable and like there's some like something like the poorly edited video and stuff moments like that where you feel a little bad you're like oh okay that that's kind of fucked yeah but then yeah i don't know i like how it just toes the line of like an in-between almost yeah it's tough because like she definitely did it yeah like for sure a hundred percent she like sexually abused like a ton of students for sure um and so like he I feel like it's probably the best way to go about that. Mm -hmm. If you're going to talk about cancel culture, which is like, it feels like it would be impossible to make a movie about cancel culture in 2022. Cause we're still like in it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, but I think he nails where we are though. Yeah. To, to have a movie where like she is definitively guilty and still have those elements of like people on the internet are still going to be like disingenuous and like a little annoying about it. Yeah. And, and be obnoxious about it. Like it does toe that line kind of perfectly. Yeah. Where like it's, yeah, it's like clearly she's in the wrong, but like, why, why everyone's being a little weird about it and like overzealous about it sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tar, piece of shit. Real name's Linda what? Linda something? I don't know. I just remember when they when he's like, oh, his her brother is like, oh, Linda. And I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh, Linda. <laughs> that fucking accent you just made up. Yeah, she made up the accent. You her just, last name is something. I'm going to say, yeah, for one of the top um, Googles is real name. Lydia Tar, real name. <laughs> Let me try to find this. But yeah, um what else yeah the juilliard scene's just great like it's like one of those legendary scenes where like in the moment especially just watching with a crowd of people is like great yeah because you know everyone was like oh god i regret like giving a standing ovation at that part yeah that I that's gave a standing the thing ovation at. It, it it works in that way of deconstructing yeah. something too because you get the type of audience who might be like into a, a Ben Shapiro or something like that mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, d- destroyed the college <laughs> student with facts and logic. Got him. And it's, you can kind of see how like anyone could be easily swept up when the, when the person talking just like, you know, rolls over this college student. But then, yeah, at the end of the movie, you're like, Oh, she's an awful person. Yeah. And you like feel bad for agreeing with her in that moment. Cause yeah. like, she's she's not doing what you think she's doing yeah exactly in that moment you're like i don't know all you've heard about her is like that she's brilliant and you're like yeah you should probably listen to her she's like a brilliant composer right like she knows her shit 
And on, like, and honestly, like, that doesn't necessarily even take away from her talent. No. Like, she is a talented Yeah, she's very talented. Conductor. Which is a big point of the movie yeah. that, like, reminds me a lot of what's happening with Kanye right now, obviously. And, right. and in that scene is, like, do you separate the art and the artist? It's, like, a huge theme of, like, a lot of, a lot of movies in this one as well. Yeah. In the and case a, of Tar, I would say no. Yeah, no. I mean, in the case of Kanye, I would also, I would also say, say no. no so. <laughs> yeah, I think by the end, you're like, okay, yeah, you can, yeah. There is there is a certain point where I feel like it just taints everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, if we want to talk about Kanye, I just remember sending you that that tweet he made that one yeah, night. Yeah, and I legit thought it was fake. Yeah. I was like, what is I, this? I literally had to go and verify it before yeah. I sent it to you because I was like, you know, it was just a screenshot because it got deleted like yeah. immediately. Um, and it you know was what? So ridiculous. I've, I've been on edge for weeks. I <laughs> he's I, he still he's hasn't DefCon three. He still hasn't gone DefCon three on me. Yeah, but and, that's scary. <laughs> you know, he could be out there doing anything. Yeah, he's not gonna have shoes anymore because no. Adidas dropped his ass. He has no more but, shoes. I've, yeah, I think some other people dropped them too. Did you? I don't know if this is true. I read. I saw an article this morning that said Kanye West apparently just showed up to the the Skechers headquarters. Really? And they just had to like remove him from the premises. <laughs> I really don't. I bet that's fake. I, I know. I, true. I do kind of hope it was real though. Like it's not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, that Kanye just like he I just need... shows up to Skechers and he's like, "I'd like to talk to John Skecher, please. <laughs> yeah, I, need, I need a new home for my shoes. The Yeezys won't sell themselves." <laughs> Kanye, I, I don't think the that. Yeezys are going to sell at all. I could see him doing that. Uh, but yeah, the whole Kanye situation is just... Everyone's like bringing up the uh, South Park episode again, which is a great episode of oh, South yeah. Park. Holy shit. He is a gay fish. He is a gay fish. It's such a good episode. Um, but yeah, remind, like that whole scene, I, I thought that was just super interesting. Um, and yeah, we got I got my definitive, definitive answer by the end. Um, yeah, I mean, it is like, it's also really pretty wild how it unfolds. I really like how you had that assistant character who's really devoted to her yeah. and it, I don't know, it took me a while to realize like, oh, she's like the latest victim yep. who's now being passed on for this like new girl. Yep. Um, and like, yeah, when I, I honestly thought what was happening was that the original girl like faked her death and she was the one who was tormenting her. Uh, um, that was one of the things. Like, yeah, there, I, it felt like kind of like a ghost story type situation yeah. for a little bit where it was like, okay, yeah, is it like she's being haunted? Because there were some like weird like in her apartment constantly. There were like weird like things happening and um, the metronome was like randomly on one night. Yeah. And all that stuff. So there is like a weird like haunting feel to the movie at moments so it does feel like that but yeah i assume it was just her assistant who was writing that yeah i figure because the she had those like papers with the weird like maze pattern on it and mm -hmm. the same pattern was on her metronome yeah so i i figure that was her i guess in the moment i was like oh that's too easy yeah. it's got to be a ghost right yeah exactly you're like oh this movie's going the ghost route yeah <laughs> and then it wasn't the the true monster was tar the whole time yep um true monster was tar yeah as always uh, but yeah, there's, God, there's just so much to unpack with this movie. So many moments I, I love. One of the funniest moments is when Tar um, goes to talk to like her daughter's bully. Yeah, she's like, like I'm, I'm her father. I'm her father. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Um, lots of like, 
Another like big moment is like that sound that keeps annoying her when she's in her like loft. Yeah. And then like I don't know, she's just like super annoyed by it and then like you find out what it was and you're like, oh shit. Like, yeah, that's... it's the old lady's like life alert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um and it just like goes I don't know, I think that's like a little tiny representation of Tar as well. Like just so many like small moments where you learn more about this character. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm trying to think. I did really like the scene where that lady ultimately dies and they're trying to sell the apartment. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. Tar just goes nuts on, like, the accordion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. was, like, fair. I, I'm with Tar at that yeah, point. Yeah, I'm with Tar. I won't cancel Tar for that. That was a sick move. Yeah, no. There are a lot of annoying things Tar does that you're like, well, yeah, I would probably. If I, if I were, like, my best self, I would do that annoying thing, you know? Because, like, you know... <laughs> these people coming to like the world's greatest conductor musician yeah. and being like, can you not play music? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> Beautiful music coming from this apartment. Fuck you guys. Um, yeah. And it's in, I don't know. I like how this movie, like it's in, it's kind of in plain sight the whole time that she's a shitty person and you like almost want to give her the benefit of the doubt of yeah. like, maybe she's not bad. Like the whole, you know, the Russian storyline with her, with the new girl she's going to replace her assistant with, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's there the whole time and it's creepy. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it's weird. In your head, it's almost like the Russian girl is the first time that she's doing it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of smart that they present this from like Tar's perspective, like from the beginning of the movie. And then the background is like slowly drip fed to us. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, it's just one of those things where she has, she flirts with that lady at the very beginning of the movie. And you're like, okay, so, like, maybe there's some infidelity with the wife going on, but whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you get onto this thing with this young cello player. And she immediately, like, boosts her to, like, the lead soloist, like, completely screws over um, the actual first cello player. Yeah. and it also now that I'm thinking about it, like her wife was the the concertmaster, the yep. lead violinist, and you're like, oh, <laughs> she's been doing this forever. Yep. Like <laughs> this has just been tar. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a movie that unravels itself long after you've watched it, which yeah. is I think kind of the genius of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, I guess we should also point out Tar, a proud New Yorker, a, yep. a New York Rangers fan. Oh yeah, true. Hard day for the Rangers. Sorry, Rangers. Yeah, you my got, uncle. You got a fan. My uncle was a big, or I guess is a big Rangers fan. So not after Tar though. Well, He's I'm like, sure they. I'm sure up. the Rangers put out a statement at the end of this. <laughs> Tar is not actually a fan, and it's not real. We swear. We do not associate with Lydia Tar. <laughs> I would love if you get one on the Rangers Twitter, like uh, the official one in real life. That'd be so. <laughs> like, that'd be, if I were involved in, with the Rangers social media team, I would immediately be like, "We got it. We, we have to distance ourselves from Lydia Tar." Yeah, we need to do it. It'd be such like a niche, like guarantee no hockey fans are oh, seeing yeah. Tar. Yeah, I mean, I tweeted about Tar recently. Recently, I was like, I know no one's going to understand this yeah. at all. Um, what you tweeted about Tar? I, I did. I did a few tweets about Tar. I tweeted uh, asking for Tar too, and then I just tweeted a picture of me listening to Monster Hunter music on Spotify, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which nice. is like the most niche tweet maybe on all of Twitter. Nice. <laughs> that is a pretty niche tweet. Yeah. Uh, I'll go like him. I'll go back oh, and look. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other like big moments in this movie um we already mentioned her going to see her brother but i really like that scene it's so so short but i really like that i actually wanted to talk about the the dog 
the monster in the basement where the cello player lives. Oh yeah. I was kind that of scene. I was kind of confused by it. Well, first of all, like why does the cello lady live in such a horrible like building? Yeah, I don't know. It looks she, like, like abandoned. Men- she mentions at some point that she's like not even she doesn't have like a permanent place there. She oh, was just right. there to like because she wasn't sure if he was she was going to get be in the orchestra or not right so she was staying with somebody mm-hmm. obviously in a shitty place clearly yeah until she like found out whether or not and i guess she just didn't find a new place yet or something but it was really shitty <laughs> yeah. it's really a weird place to stay obviously mm-hmm. but yeah that whole like yeah that whole scene was like weird <laughs> i don't know what it, i'm sure it like has a deeper meaning or something yeah. but it was just like because it seems like Todd Field just like puts that, like he wouldn't just randomly put that in there or something. I guess you could just say it's sort of part of her descent, right? Like, Yeah, I think it's part of her descent. It's also like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it sh- maybe shows like how she really likes to be in control of everything. And that was a moment where she wasn't. Right. And then yeah. right after it is a scene where like she like asserts herself again like at the orchestra i feel like at the rehearsal mm-hmm. she's just like really like asserting herself with that scar on her face and stuff yeah and looks intimidating as hell oh i remember the doctor because she gets injured and the doctor's like oh you're a little crooked mm. um and she's like what do i do about it And he's like nothing it just gets better over time yeah um which is kind of interesting because i don't think tar will get better over time yeah no. i think she's kind of been destroyed completely i think she's one of those people that is that is, would be impatient and <laughs> would be like no i want it better now yeah i'm, I'm lydia tar for god's sakes yeah make it better now i guess yeah that could be it because she's asking for like a quick cure and he's like there isn't one yeah you know exactly. you just it's gonna hurt for a little while mm-hmm. um yeah man tar 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 I, you know, I honestly, when I was talking to my coworkers the other day, I went in and recommended Tar basically as hard as I recommended Barbarian. <laughs> None of my coworkers went to see Tar, though. Yeah, they probably <laughs> looked up the trailer, started yeah. what it was about, and were like, this isn't like Barbarian. Yeah. <laughs> this is a completely different recommendation from why we got to get Tarbarian off the ground. Yeah, none of my coworkers went and saw Tar. I told them I saw Tar. <laughs> I don't think any of them were interested in Tar either. Yeah, I mean, listen, it'll it'll be showing up at the biggies for sure. Oh yeah, it'll be there. It's a biggie movie. Mm-hmm. I hope it's an Oscar movie. We'll see though. I I feel like she's got to get a nom. Yeah, for I feel like at least acting. At the very least, it'll be one of those where like the performance gets nominated and nothing yeah, else. At least acting for sure. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention real quick before we finish, I really liked how this movie um, doesn't have a score. The only oh, music that's in the movie is. It's I didn't realize diegetic that. or non diegetic, yeah, wh- yeah. whichever one is exists within the movie's world. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime people are just talking or just out in the world, there's no music. Oh, it's wow. completely silent. I didn't notice that. Did not notice um, that. Yeah. And I thought that was really great. Um, as someone who was, was like choice. raised with classical music, I always like when they do stuff like that, where they sort of respect the music. Yeah. Um, let it speak for itself. It's the reason I'm a big fan of Amadeus. Ah, um, I need to see Amadeus. Oh, Amadeus is so good. But Amadeus, the whole deal was that um, it was originally a stage play mm. and the guy who directed it wanted to adapt it. And the guy who created the stage play basically said, you can make the movie, but you cannot change a single note of Mozart. You yeah. have to play all the music yeah. as it was written by him. And the movie's, obviously better for it because mm-hmm. it's just all of his original compositions yeah um 
So yeah, I, that was another thing about Tar that I thought was really brilliant. Was just like you nice. let the the talking scenes just talk, yeah, and you let the music speak for itself. Yeah, I agree. I like that a lot about it too. Lots to like about this movie. Yeah, and um, also the, the music. Some piece I can't remember. Some piece from Tar also is in Decision to Leave, which I oh, saw okay. the movie is like back to back basically. So I was like, oh well, nice small world. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, tar. it's Tar's world, it's tar. and we're just living in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone, jump into Monster Hunter World. It's a great game, really accessible if you're new to the series. <laughs> they uh, streamline a lot of the more complex aspects of Monster Hunter. If you like that, move on to Monster Hunter Rise. It's on the Switch. Um, Play them all. Yeah, I like that one a little bit better because the hub world's a little bit more contained. Okay. Um, and until next time, <laughs> for more Monster Hunter reviews, stay big. You beautiful people.